I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. You get it, Kev? Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. Oh, the, the, the baseball analogy. Oh, the... uh, yeah, Kev, I just think that with Yaki I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. What do you think about that, Kev? Oh, well, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, yeah, um... Uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than Let me get this straight. We got the Survivors Series team announced tonight. Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Ali, King Corbin, Braun Strowman, and The Miz. Team NXT, Pete Dunne, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano. Drum roll, everyone. I finally got it down right. Dominic Dijakovic. I got it right. And Team Roar is Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Ricochet, Randy Orton, and Drew McIntyre. So the main event tonight, you have the OC versus Randy Orton, Ricochet, and Humberto Carrillo. Humberto gets the pin. Meanwhile, he's not in the Survivor Series team. Explain that to me. Anyway, what's up, everyone? It is Monday night, November 11th, 2019. Thank you to our veterans. Thank you to your dad. Thank you to everybody who has served to give us the freedom that we enjoy today. It is Veterans Day here in the United States. Welcome to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I am Don Tony, and he is. Kevin Castle, what's up, DT? No, not much, not much. Just uh, finished watching the pre-recorded Raw, which I had read the spoilers early. I just wanted to see how it would develop on television. Right. And um, I made a little remark on Twitter. I don't know what your thoughts are are about it. I, I'm not putting you in the category as a podcasting <clears throat> pussy, but um, I, I know Lana, Rusev are the Jesus Christ of bad roars right now. They are being the ones crucified, dying for our sins or WWE sins. Right. I blame it on Paul Heyman. Because a lot of people seem to forget all of the um, relationship storylines. And yes, he hit jackpot with Raven, Tommy Dreamer, and Beulah. 
But on the flip side, we also had uh, his creativity with Al Wilson. A lot of people don't realize that. So what I said tonight, and it's interesting because a lot of people don't react to what I said because I have said for 20 some odd years, Paul Heyman is my favorite wrestling personality of all time. He is just an absolute godsend for entertainment. He uh, is the reason why it led to attitude, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, as people get older, they lose their Midas touch. It happens in real life. People become mortal. Sometimes you're thinking of 1996. Does it work in 2019? When are the podcasting pussies who shit on Raw and say it's god-awful week after week after week after week after week, when do these podcasting pussies finally start blaming the subpar Raws week after week after week on Paul Heyman's writing? He has done nothing to improve it. And he might be stuck in a bubble, stuck in quicksand because Vince is still there. But your your opinion, is Paul, does Paul Heyman, should he be receiving a hell of a lot more criticism by podcasters? Because I notice across the board, you know, they'll shit on Raw and they'll get paid thousands of dollars to shit on Raw and put him on a cross. But they seem to leave out Paul Heyman in a lot of their complaints. Well, that's the narrative, DT. You know, there's some people who are like Teflon to a lot of people in wrestling. They say that about AEW and Cody. Not to bring them up, but there's a lot of protectors of AEW. There's a lot of protectors of Paul Heyman. I hashtagged one time, fire Paul Heyman. Everyone's like, ah, Kev. I go, no, I'm actually serious. Fire him. I did it a couple of weeks ago. Everybody thought it was a ha-ha. I was being serious. I says, it is Heyman's fault. No, it's Vince's fault, Kev. It's not Heyman's you, fault. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, President what? Trump in the chat. I, I, I respect his comments. I always get along with him. But yeah, he too. made a comment that a lot of people make. How do you even know if he is responsible for writing this stuff? Um, he is yes. the head person writing for Raw. He is responsible. Yes, Vince and management have the final say in everything, but you. it was funny when Road Dogg on SmackDown, when things were going bad, everybody blamed oh, Road yeah. Dogg, even when a lot of it had nothing to do with Road Dogg, but Road Dogg was not the lead writer for SmackDown. So now, because it's someone that everybody admires, loves, and has given us so much for decades, you know, they use the cop out, oh, well, we don't know for sure if he wrote this or wrote that or wrote this or wrote that. He is the fucking head person of this. Yeah. He Like a manager of a baseball team. If the team fucking flounders... Exactly. You know, oh, well, you know, maybe it was the batting coach that is the problem here. You know, with Gary Sanchez striking out and everybody else striking out, maybe it's the batting coach. Oh, the pitchers are fucked. Maybe it's the pitching coach. No, the fucking manager is the fall guy. When do people start really putting Paul Heyman to the fire and saying, listen, man, you know, I, I know you're trying, but this is not good. And that Lana Rousseff, I don't blame it on them. Her acting, it was horrendous today. Rousseff and the whole storyline has been terrible. Lashley has been funny with it, but I don't blame Lana Rousseff. 
I blame WWE and Paul Heyman putting them in that position. And I think the only way that you try to get out of this is you start making reports that, you know, Lana is a little bit uncomfortable with this storyline. Rusev is a little uncomfortable, but they're dedicated for WWE, so they go with the program and it's just acting and it's not real life and this, 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 and that. And you get a little sit. This is not good. This episode tonight it was not good. And whoever was responsible for piping in all the extra cheers when nobody was clapping for the most part, the extra this is awesome chance where you see nobody in the crowd like energetic at all. I mean, this I did not like this episode at all tonight. I didn't like it at all either. I thought Lana was Lana seemed to even lose her way at one point. I know this was recorded, but bad editing job. She just lost her way and then she started attacking the fans in an awkward way. I know you hate me. I know you don't like me. Good. Boo. Boo. Like I was like, boy, she's losing it. And they couldn't really they couldn't reel her back. And then Rusev came out, didn't do much good to help her out. The best one in this angle, and it's almost crazy, is Bobby Lashley. I think Bobby Lashley is trying. Mm -hmm. And people saying, well, you know, but again, DT, haven't we always heard over the years wrestlers and shoot interviews, whether it was Dusty Rhodes and the polka dots, whether it was Adrian Adonis and the, and the adorable one, you take chicken shit and you make chicken salad with it. You do the best you can with these gimmicks. They always shit on Terry Taylor because he couldn't make the red rooster work. Everyone always says other guys could have made that work. Terry fought it. And that's why he sucked and he didn't make it work. Rick made the model gimmick work. Mr. Perfect made the Mr. Perfect gimmick work. Some gimmicks are great. Some gimmicks suck. But again, Dusty's a great example. Adrian Adonis is a great example. They probably didn't want to do what they did, but they made it work. Now there's this thing, this fight back of, I don't like it, so I'm going to tank it. You can't do that, DJ. Yeah. You, you, and you can't and here's that. why I blame Paul Heyman on this. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I have sung absolute love for Paul Heyman for decades. Uh, I'll t and even if he wasn't writing this, I'll tell you why I blame it on him. The one thing that he did in ECW that was fascinating and he even did it in SmackDown back in the day, well, and, but especially ECW, is he always accentuated the positives and he was absolutely phenomenal with hiding the negatives. Jesus yeah. Christ, he had fucking the Shah and... and um, uh, what the fuck was his first name? Smith, Smith, Shaw, Smith. Um, somebody in the chat, please. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, JT Smith. Uh, I, JT Smith. Yeah, yeah, I give myself credit because nobody remembered that. JT Smith. <laughs> they made Mish. Actually, Mish came in late at the same time. So, but JT Smith and Hack Myers. We fucking even loved that storyline. They fucking made J.T. Smith into an Italian coming out to Frank Sinatra. They made fucking just every single person. So now you have Lana, who really is not doing well in this, but she's trying. Rusev is not doing well in this, but he's trying. Where is Paul Heyman to hide the negatives and accentuate the positives? Right. You know what I mean? So this is just getting worse and worse and worse. It's like the storyline that doesn't want to end, can never end. And the worst part about it is, and I guess we could kind of, not necessarily segue, but we could throw this in there as well. Jim Cornette and Joey Ryan had some fun back and forth uh, over the weekend. And Jim Cornette 
wrote on Twitter, and this has to do with Lana and Rusev, not what they said, but you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this. Jim Cornette wrote, the most important lesson this gives to aspiring young wrestlers, don't work for amateurs trying to run a wrestling promotion and quote, here's what happens when a promotion just gives up and embraces, embraces being a joke. If you ever make money in wrestling, save it. This was like a shot towards Joey Ryan. So Joey Ryan responds back and writes, this one minute clip of my match from yesterday has more views than the entire episode of NWA with your commentary from yesterday. Get on my level. Jim Cornette's response to Joey Ryan is, I wasn't aware of that because the two dogs fucking on the side of the road attract a large number of amused, bemused, horrified, disgusted, or incredulous gawkers. That qualifies said dogs as putting on a professional high-quality performance. Basically, what Jim Cornette is saying is that even the most retarded dopey videos on YouTube could get hundreds of thousands of hits so just because Lana fooling around with with Lashley or something with this storyline gets a million views on YouTube doesn't necessarily mean that it it's must-see TV people could be looking at it because it's an absolute train wreck you don't get inspired like hey this is a million views let's keep running with this you know, I can make m myself look like an absolute fool and have people looking at it just to laugh at me. So no, just I agree with you. This is not good. No, it's not good. And again, with all the views, anything, the jackass guys had a lot of views blown up firecrackers in their hands. What does that mean? I don't even really understand what that means for wrestling. What's his point? And Jim, Jim, Jim Cornette always talks about the two dogs fucking on the side of the road. He says that all the time. By the yeah. Way. Oh, my God. So. Um, did I miss something in uh, in the in the chat just now? Somebody attempted to make an insult at me because you know I'm trying to make a point here. I, I, who's the dumb Pollock for listening to the show? I'm just just yeah, anyway. Uh, I want to shout out our new and returning patrons: uh, Dwight Lake, Christopher Demars, JT Rebstock, Amore Johnson, uh, Dan, and Nightmare Four Fifty Six. The um, AEW Full Gear pay-per-view predictions contest the winner is announced javier rosado he uh scored seven out of eight points and won the tiebreaker he came closest to the jericho cody match time the actual match time is 29 minutes 35 seconds he came closest with 25 minutes and 45 seconds he wins 100 bucks jonathan nice. jackson scored seven points as well <clears throat> but he came in second with the tiebreaker so he gets 50 bucks and I also want to shout Mambo Mike and Tom Nelson, who came very close but didn't quite cut it. But uh, congratulations to Javier for winning it and Jonathan for coming in uh, second place. Absolutely. Um, AEW, full gear. Mm -hmm. uh, Saturday mission, I did a two-hour recap. I had it. some fascinating discussion, debate. I think we were very fair about the pay-per-view. So. Uh, the biggest buzz coming out of it was the match between Moxley and Kenny Omega. Uh, I mean, you have these very sensitive, triggered, you know, there, there's a certain audience out there. And I, and I kind of finished up the show with saying this. It's funny. They will fucking defend to the moon. Joey Ryan with his dick plex. But because they felt the main event was too violent, 
it's almost like they want to start protests and start fucking, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. instead of just respecting the people that may have liked the main event and all the polls seem to be that everybody fucking, for the most part, loved it. You know, maybe two to two to one, at least three to one. Um, what's your take as far as, did you see the, the match between Moxley and Omega? I only saw clips. I didn't get a chance to watch the pay-per-view yesterday. I actually made that pretty clear on my Twitter yesterday. I just didn't have time. I work Saturday and Sunday this weekend, 12 hours each day. What do you think um, about the backlash going on right now because of that match? Uh, no, I saw the clip and I saw the violence of it and, the, and Renee Young posting of the woos and woes and hates this and blah, blah, blah for her husband. Um, I don't know why they went so violent. I mean, I was kind of surprised too and I was surprised of the backlash of so many people even like, I love AEW, but I don't want to see any more of this. It would seem like a majority DT leaned towards not wanting to see it and then the other people saying, oh, I thought you wanted Attitude Era. I thought you wanted Vintage GCW. Good old days. You're, you're all hypocrites and everyone arguing see, with each other about see, it. See, that's know? the thing that confuses me though. When you see all the polls out there, two to one and three to one, fans like the main event. It's just you have the this small, tiny, very outspoken group that are, are just screaming loud about this, but that's the minority of it. And as far as Renee Young, I, I touched on this when uh, Saturday, and I'll say it again here. Renee Young was damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. No matter what she would have reacted to this, she was going to get it. Because if she would have said... Um, you know, I love it. People have been like, you, you know, you got that group of people. What are you fucking nuts? How could you love something like that? When she turns around and says, what the fuck? Then you could turn around and say, well, wait a minute. You know, you, John Moxley's got this whole CZW career and stuff like that. I mean, this yeah, shouldn't exactly. be anything that's surprising to her. Then if she says nothing at all, then it's like, um, oh, how come, you know, you, you don't have anything to say about this? So no matter what she said, she, it was going to be greeted by a share of criticism. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, a lot of people tried to make news out of it. This is a wife seeing her husband, you know, fighting a hardcore match. And by the way, that bed of barbed wire, like we yeah. talked about Saturday, was not real. I'm sure right. it still hurts. You know, and you fall, fall on a pointed piece of plastic and tell me how you feel from it. You know, it's this stuff still hurt to an extent. Not everything was gimmicked, but a lot of it was gimmicked. And I don't understand. I mean, you fall into a bed of barbed wire that's a prop. I mean, my God, why? You're a big horror film buff. How would you feel it when a horror film came out, you know, debuts tonight, whatever horror film comes out, right. Saw 8, and then you find out the next day when people like, oh, this, this film was a little bit too violent for my standards. And then you have the actors and the actresses coming out and saying, listen, everybody, I really didn't get my throat slashed. It's all, it's not real. And listen, everybody, no, 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 it's, it's, it, this is entertainment. Like, yeah, why do you have to make an excuse for it? No, exactly. Listen, I'm a big horror fan, but even films like Hostel made me like, ugh, you know, like there were certain things I didn't want to see. There's certain degrees of what you like to see, right. even with extreme, even with extreme matches. Look, I used to, 
I my brother used to not like the matches with Brody and Abdul in the Caribbean. They were a little bit too much with the barbed wire across the eyes. It's like I don't, I don't want to watch this. And it's not because he was afraid; it just it wasn't his taste. He didn't like it. He liked Brody, but he didn't want to see that. So I mean, I can understand that. I mean, to a degree. And I think some people at AEW they were like, "Oh, I thought this was going to be more this competitive, like uh, like kind of uh, clean cut kind of thing. We're not going to do this gimmicky violence Who or told whatever." Them that? I don't think anybody told them that. I think they assumed it. Right. I don't think anybody told exactly. them that. And like exactly. people are saying, the right, the vocal minority, when the minority, it's a small group of people, but they balked the loudest on Twitter. So uh, that's where that was really coming he, from. You, you're right. Most people probably liked it. You, you know what was said about this too? Hmm? Let me ask, just opinion. We don't know the answer, but your opinion. Sure. You think you think John Moxley had a great time in that match? <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's weird to me that he want. Everyone says this is what he wanted to do. I, I think thought he, he kind of. I, I think he probably loved it to maybe prove a point that he could still do this because he didn't have to do that for so many years when he was Dean Ambrose. But also, didn't he outgrow that from CZW when he was John Moxley originally came here became a different I think type he of wrestler. Misses it because it's Starcast even talked about it like when um, when he he was doing an interview. It is sort of news also. And when he mm-hmm. was coming back from injury and they just had him on the sidelines, he said, he says, you know, can I do an, a CC combat zone show? Can I do another show? Like just to like get back in the swing of things. So he was more than one. Now notice how he hasn't come back and done a CZW show. I mean, as far as I can't remember anything where, you know, big hype wow. that he comes home or I haven't seen any of that, but um, probably can't afford him. Well, you know what? If if CZW was such an in, integral part of his career that right. he still misses it, um, there's nothing wrong with him giving them a little discount to come there for one night only. Of course, yeah. Of you course. know what I mean? Um, I I my feeling is that he fucking loved it. Uh, Kenny Omega, I think he enjoyed the fuck out of it as well. And sexually, it, you think Kenny's sexually? Enjoyed? No, I don't think sexually. I'm just saying, like you know, the, you you have certain types of matches. I mean, look at Mick Foley. I mean, the pain hurt over the years, but the guy loved being in that zone of real hardcore. You know, taking wild bumps. Yeah, I think, but you don't think Moxley aspires to be the Foley Terry Funk of AEW. You don't think that's where he's going? No, I think he just needed his fix. And then he'll go back to more competitive. Oh yeah, I think you know he can't. He can't. He's he's really talented. I mean, he's not a, a polished you know chain wrestler. It's never was his style. You know, he's a brawler, so he can brawl without having to use mouse traps and you know, you know, gimmicked glass or gimmick barbed wire. This was supposed to close out a feud that's been going on for six months. So now the feud is over. I think even if fans were in an uproar loving this, like predominantly everyone loving this, I still believe, and I said this Saturday, that this is not something you will see again uh, anytime soon, not because of people complaining, but because they want to instill that something like this only settles like a absolute bitter, bitter feud. Now, will Cody and MJF use mousetraps? No, because that's not what they're all about. That's never what they've been all about. Moxley, though, yes. Omega's had some pretty violent matches in his career. 
But, yeah. you know, Cody and MJF, no, they're not going to go crazy hardcore like this. So for those two guys, you want to, you know, end a blood feud? Yeah. I thought that was a perfect way to do it. Maybe it went on a little bit too long, but I loved it. Yeah, I mean, well, Cody will bust himself open, though, a hard way. Like, he'll he'll get the injuries and take the lumps to just mm-hmm. to, to kind of do whatever it takes to put that match over. Seems like every match, DT, he's bleeding hard way on one side of his head or one side of his face or the other. It seems to be a tradition at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With Cody. Uh, he got eight stitches uh, above his eye. He suffered um, a separation in his rib during the yeah, match. Yeah, um, right about that. His, his mother uh, sewed him up, I heard. For his, uh, his mother's a nurse. Dusty's wife is a nurse. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's um, right. No, that's what I heard. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I, I had my comments about her on Saturday. I just, every time they put the camera on her, when Cody was getting his ass kicked in the ring, she had the same stoic look. Not any look of concern, just this look like, um, I don't, I, it's like, I, I hate to say it like this, but it's like someone who is considered brain dead in a hospital and they just got their mouth open and they're just staring into space and they're just, you know, they don't, you could snap a finger in front of them. They don't blink. You could go ah in front of them. They don't blink. She was stoic. She looked like somebody on Xanax. I mean, I'm not saying about her personally, but man, I mean, you, you flash the camera on her once and she's stoic. Okay. You flash the camera on her a second time and she's got no reaction whatsoever. Cody getting his ass kicked. Cody getting his eye bust on. You know, we were talking about uh, Martha Hart back then. She looked concerned when she, when Owen, you know, it was she looked concerned with the whole story. This woman was just stoic. And you think after two camera shots, are like, all right, look, let's just keep the camera off of her until Chris Jericho gets close to her and she'll slap him or whatever. They kept right. fucking putting the camera on her over and over again. Shit. Yeah, and the guy next to her, I got to find out if this guy is fucking, you know, playing tonsil hockey with her. That guy, I thought he looked like a fat Rush Limbaugh. You know what he looked like? What was that 80s TV show with the big fucking Bigfoot? With the big Bigfoot, the big Bigfoot. Oh, 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 oh you're talking about John uh, John Lithgow? Yeah, Harry he Henderson. looked he looked like a very overweight John Lithgow. Yeah, Harry and Henderson. Harry and the Hendersons. He looked like the fucking guy from Harry and the Hendersons, just you know, with eighteen thousand extra Big Macs. Oh man, I that's maybe, that, maybe she's, she's got a Lithgow fetish. So maybe she's maybe gonna, maybe she's, in, she's into Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well. Uh, this one is <laughs> a picture of Bigfoot. Oh, I God. hated that show. Harry and the Hendersons, man. <laughs> Seriously. I, I I swear to God, I mean, you know, whoever played him, you know, I, I good God bless him for doing that role. I hated that show. I'll give you a little trivia. The guy who played Harry and the Hendersons, uh, the Bigfoot was married to the woman from two two seven. Which uh, one? Two, two, not uh, the neighbor, not uh, the one who was Florence and the Jeffersons, but the the uh, the friend. Oh, the one with the big tits. Yeah, the black woman. She, no, no, Jackie not Harris. Jack A. No, not no, Jack no, Harris. Not, not Jack A. There was another. There was another lady. I think it's the the um, Harry and the Hendersons guy. Now someone's going to tell me was he the same guy in the movie who played the guy in the TV show? I think they were both, they both Bigfoot. There was the TV show you're talking about. DT. Yeah, the TV show. The TV show. Yeah, yeah. The TV show was on for a few years on. Uh, 
on uh, syndication, but the movie was out, I think, in 87 or 88. Yeah, you can't put a picture of John Lithgow currently. You have to put it when it was back 80s. You put Lithgow's head from the 80s right next to this fucking Matarats that was standing next to Cody's mother, they look almost identical. They look like identical twins. That, yeah, that's got yeah, Bigfoot, the guy who played Bigfoot died of AIDS. That is true. Really? Harry Anderson, that is true. Yes. Wow. Well, you know uh, what? Kevin I, Kevin Peter Hall. That's his name. Kevin Peter Hall. That's yeah. right. He also played the original Predator. That is correct too. Oh, that's okay. Right. All right. A little tri- little trivia though. Yeah. Okay. Well, this Wednesday on AEW, we have Kazarian and Sky defending the tag titles against Jericho and Guevara, which doesn't make sense to me since Jericho has a belt already. Uh, and we have the the return match of Pack versus Hangman Page. That's what's been announced so far. Uh, everybody was wondering if the fan that threw the beer at MJF was a plant or not. In the beginning, I didn't think that it was a plant. And then five minutes later, after Mission, I thought, talked, thought about it. We thought it was a plant, especially since where he was in the arena. You know, he was all the way in the back. So, which was probably intelligent because if we would have thrown the beer at ringside, even if since he was the plant might've led to other fans doing the same where he was MJF was so far in the back that there was nobody further back than his fan. So you didn't have anybody else in that vicinity that could say, yeah, let me throw a beer also. So, but that guy actually is an indie wrestler by the name of Alan angels for those that might be interested. Yeah, they played it off where even the guy from Atlas Security wrote something about fans throwing things. They they really went to the hilt on that one. Yeah. Um making like it was uh it was uh real. Yeah. Um and the rating Wednesday, you had AEW beating NXT, but very close, eight hundred twenty two thousand, eight hundred thirteen thousand viewers. Very close, very close. Are you uh are you liking this NXT invasion so far? It's okay. I mean, it was all right. I, I watched the Wednesday show with just the OC on. And I thought it was weird because everyone's like, well, of course they got close to AEW. They had Invasion. They just had AJ Styles and the two other guys on. That's all the only people mm-hmm. are on. I think it's going to, I think you said a while ago, DT, I'll give you credit. They were going to settle in um, AEW at around, right, around 800,000 and change. And you said NXT might squeak to 800,000 here and there, depending on the show. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be that far removed from each other. It's not going to be this big gap. It's going to be just settled in at that. And I think you're right. And I think we'll see it this week, unless there's more interest to watch one or the other after the paper. I think this week NXT has the greatest chance of beating AEW in the rating so far. Um, I'm just a little surprised that they haven't had, even tonight, that they didn't have any teaser of people who said, you know, see you Wednesday or something like that from the main yeah. roster. Uh, I I know they don't want to deviate from, you know, the storyline too much because they also have war games and Wednesday, Io Shirai and Mia Yim are going to have right. a ladder match for, you know, advantage in the war games, like who has the first advantage. And um, they also advertise Leo Rush versus Angel Garza for the Cruiserweight title. But you would think you would have had, I don't know, I just... Triple H in the middle of the ring on SmackDown and them showing up on Raw. And even today, you know, we originally had Walter versus Seth Rollins, which I enjoyed tremendously. Yeah, good match. And then it led to the um, the four-on-four, which was, which was fun also. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like a lot of this invasion is one-sided. Like NXT showing up everywhere. And, you know, last Wednesday we got AJ Styles and the OC. 
Nobody else. Yeah. Yeah, no, they could have did a better job with this. They obviously did a better job the last two years uh, setting this stuff up with SmackDown and Raw jumping each other left and right. Uh, this is, is you know, mild at best. There's nothing so crazy. They could have did so much more here. We've seen a lot more Shayna Baszler on the main roster, but other than that, yeah, not too much. I, I mean, I said this last Wednesday, maybe WWE wanted to wait a week because AEW had their pay-per-view coming up, and maybe they thought that AEW was going to throw all the fucking throw everything out there last Wednesday and they're like all right let's wait a week because the one thing that was glaring to me more than anything is no main roster women show up at NXT no I mean none zero nothing I mean just how the fuck do you even wait a week on that I mean what was the period you know, I, I, let's wait until next week. I, I just, it sounds like, you know, my girl's on a period. You know, like, hey, honey, uh, no, let's wait till <laughs> next week. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you wait a week on that. I mean, AEW pay-per-view or not, they just fucking beat the fuck out of people on SmackDown. They don't show up three days later or Raw. They don't show up three days later. AJ Styles and the OCs, I, I liked it. But for the storyline, it feels NXT is the one that's got the upper hand right now. Yeah, well, the Kabuki Warriors won, what, two weeks ago? Crust was bringing up, Crustman said. Yeah, yeah but that really wasn't won. an invasion. That was it wasn't just an invasion, right. challenging. Was sched- right, a scheduled match. Correct. It wasn't an invasion. So, yeah, you're right. Why didn't Bailey and Sasha or even bring Lacey Evans back to jump somebody with Natty or something? I, I, they could have did so much. Again, it's just, is it late? They just don't want to put in the effort. Bailey especially has to yeah. show up on Wednesday. That would have been great as a heel for Bailey to go back to NXT and cause some havoc, uh, either backstage skit, jump somebody, or go in the ring and cut down the AEW audience and put them down. That would have been classic. I don't know why they didn't take advantage of that. You know what I would do? I would have Bailey get involved and maybe the, the maybe you get her involved in a ladder match. You know, maybe you have her jump Shayna Baszler from behind. You, you have to have Bailey or I, I don't know if they would actually put Charlotte on the brand, but I would put Bailey for sure. Definitely. We'll, we'll see what happens. But um uh just a little change going forward, a little tweak as far as plugs. Um, I know our patrons are going to hate this, but we've had some people that actually uh, complain about, you know, just this long list of names. Uh, honestly, my answer to all of you out there is, I, ha- I hate to say it this way, but too fucking bad. They are the reason why this show is still free for everybody. Um, but what I'm going to do, because I'm a reasonable person, is... It, like a movie where you have the closing credits at the end, I will shout out uh, our APs and some of our, our plugs at the very end of the show. So we'll shout them out a little bit later, you know, like almost like closing credits. But uh, Yeah, why not? Sure, that's what makes sense. Yeah. Um, other spot, parts of Raw tonight, what'd you think? Uh, well, to kick it off, Becky uh, does a promo in the ring. A promo was not bad tonight. She's still chewing gum without chewing gum, which really annoys <laughs> me. She does. She does the face chewing thing. I'm like, Becky, put, you chew some gum at least. Um, then, of course, Charlotte comes out, which leads to a match between them and Kabuki Warriors, which on paper looks like a great match. It was an okay match. I thought the crowd would be more into it, though. Again, I, I thought Manchester, I just thought it would be more of a booming arena. With some of the talent that was on tonight, it just didn't seem to take. Or maybe they were just not feeling it. I don't know. Did it seem to you that the crowd was kind of tepid yes. most times? Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of shit piped in. 
I mean, they're very, they were privileged to have this on tape delay yeah. because they had time. I mean, if anybody goes back and looks at it, I mean, if, if you even go on Twitter and do a search on it, there were a lot of fans that were pointing out parts during the night where the sound of the crowd didn't match the actual crowd. And Seth Rollins was getting his share of uh, heat from the fans and they zoned a lot of it out. They muted a lot of it. I mean, not completely muted it, but they really toned back a lot of the volume of the response that Seth got. And look, man, Seth against Adam Cole, Seth against Walter, Seth against Umberto Carrillo. Seth Rollins is putting on great matches. Yeah. I think the problem is, is that WWE is turned Seth Rollins too gimmicky. You know, he could call it fickle all he wants. I've been very supportive of Rollins. I can, you know, I applaud him for being so, you know, passionate about WWE and defending them to the moon. But, you know, it seems like ever since WWE insisted on putting Rollins out there as a couple with Becky and him, it's almost like the night where he chair bashed Eric Young in the back and he's chair bashing everybody and their mother and he's, you know, with the, just over the top with the burn it down and, then he's doing fucking 15 curb stomps to Lesnar and 10 curb stomps to this guy. and str You know what I mean? It's like he just became a little bit too gimmicky. And I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, I mean, again, he's been on this kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, how can I explain it? I'm not sure what they can do with him now. I mean, everyone's like the best. The only thing to remedy Seth Rollins is a heel turn. But, uh, you know, I guess that, that field's just too overcrowded right now. I don't know what they could do with Seth, but he's still coming oh. off so corny and uncool. I don't know what, what they can I do think with Stephanie, him. I think, well, actually, I was going to say Steph. I actually do want to bring up something with Stephanie. But Seth needs to turn on Team Raw. That's, the, the, that's actually a very good, uh, that's actually a very good, uh, way to go. I just don't know if they'll do that. I just don't know don't if they, know. They, they, they believe in doing that, almost like the Roman thing. They're so stubborn that they want to keep him a baby face. Right, very stubborn. I mean, I mean, what, who's going to be the top face then on Raw if he turns heel? Who, who is that? <sighs> oh, Umber Umberto? <laughs> you mean, know, there's a, they love this guy. I was so happy he got the pin today because after Saudi Arabia, and I invite anyone to do a search on online, I read about 15, 20 websites saying that Umberto Carrillo's push is all but dead. And, 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 and people, just go look it up. Don't take my word for it. They said his push was all but dead. And I'm saying to myself, based on what? Because he posted a five-second clip while he was still in Saudi Arabia, and all he did was look at the camera and put his head down like, ugh. That's all he did. He didn't say one word. I don't know what these people are smoking, but... I'm happy he got the win tonight. I, I like I like him. I Sorry. I he's just something about him, but I think he should he needs to be a heel though. Those 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 dimples are heel dimples. Yeah, too smiley, too pretty for his own good. It's, but, it's gonna backfire him with the male fans. Yeah. But when I was gonna bring up Stephanie. WWE should have treated Rollins and Becky like Stephanie and Triple H back in the day. We all knew that Stephanie and Triple H were dating. We all knew that they were going to get married. But on TV, they never acknowledged that they were actually a couple in real life. Don't give me the McMahon-Helmsley era. I'm not talking about that. But after when Triple H was Vince's son-in-law, after they got married, 
for a long time, they did not acknowledge the marriage on camera. And we always wondered if they're gonna commingle the real personal marriage and the kids and everything to TV. And eventually they did do that. I think they should have left it off TV and leave it as a mystery in the sense that, yeah, they're gonna show up together at events. And yes, they talk uh, outside interviews that they're a couple, but don't put the couple in the storylines. And then down the line, they meet up at a pay-per-view because Raw and SmackDown are on the same brand. I'm saying if they were on separate brands still, and they meet up, they bump into each other, and that's the first time the real-life relationship uh, commingles on television. I think they, if they would have done that, it would not have hurt Seth Rollins like it did. It's it's weird right now with social media. I mean, the way that you know people react with certain things, you know. It is weird, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about uh, Sincata? Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Someone was saying Umberto can play the new Sin Cara. Maybe uh, when Hunico leaves, they can put the, the mask on. Ah, uh, you ruined it for me, man. Why? I was on the. Someone was no, right. No, no, because later on when we were going to talk about Sin Cara, I was going to say I was going to say you know what WWE should hire in this place. Oh, Hunico. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, because I know there have been a lot of people out there that have been like, yeah, you know what? Why not? He's a similar size as Sincata. He's got similar tattoos. I would have been like, oh, Pollocks. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sincata, you know, dude, I don't understand why people, it's not just wrestling, but they have to write these giant essays and profess to the world, you know, that they decided they want to leave their employer. I mean, yeah. you know, he wrote this whole diatribe. He was very professional about it. And he, yeah, and, it's, it. and what he wrote was very nice. But I was saying to myself, you know, why don't you just fucking ask for your release, leave, and then when you leave, then you give your say. Like, why do everybody have to announce to the world, hey, listen, everybody, I, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And you know, you know, Cottonelle just doesn't wipe my ass, you know, as good as it should. So I'm going to go to fucking Scott. You know what I mean? Like, why do you have to announce to the world like, oh, last night I had the hardest decision of my life. And then, 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 and then, I mean, good. Kalisto, you're next. Please make it. It's a Lucha thing. You know, go. Bye bye. The answer to that, DT, is because they have the platform that they're able to do it. Everyone, everyone wants to get the attention of it. You're right, back. Can you remember? Can you imagine back in the '80s? Every time someone disappeared off television, there was a whole big Paul Roma gives you a whole big thing of why he left the Young Stallions. You know, what I mean, it's like nowadays anybody can write that. It was nice with Sin Cara wrote. He wrote a very nice thing. If I'm the guy who he was working, I'd probably grant him his release. But I don't know if WWE's going to do that. I didn't realize how long he's been here, by the way, even as uh, the other gimmick before he donned the mask as Sin Cara. He's been here over a decade uh, for a long time. And if he wants to go somewhere else, let him go. Again, I don't understand. The, the one thing I'll agree with, I don't understand, is keeping guys who don't want to be here. You know, he's no threat to go to AEW and be anything. So, I mean, other than a, someone said, mid-carter here, mid-carter there. I can't remember who said that on uh, Twitter today, but that was apropos. Correct. He's not going to be a big superstar there. Let him go. You know, and 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 if he's like I said, he's the guy put in his time ten years. Let him. He's not asked for a gold watch. Just let him go. I don't know the big deal. See, when he first took over for the original Sincata, he got yeah. a 
decent little push. But, you know, I mean, after all of these years, you know, he, the focus is not on him anymore. And he, he no like it. Um, you know, he no like it. <laughs> yeah, he no, I mean, no like, you know, but you see, yeah. I, I think the, the straw that broke the camel's back was last week, you know, they did the mix tag and Catalina got pinned. Now she's back yeah. in NXT. You know, my valet, she come, she go. No, no more valet. And then next week, you know, you get your ass kicked by Drew McIntyre. And some people were reporting that he got a little bit too much offense in today. So I wonder if, uh, you know, they they decided, hey, you know, um, you should have uh, let uh, Drew dominate a little bit. I don't know. I think it was just a culmination of things. They tried to give him a little something, but... I don't think people understand how many people are on the roster. It may feel like Raw and SmackDown's rosters are very thin, but when you actually go on their website, you could probably come up with 20 names that there's just not enough hours for them to, and especially with them, with the 205 Live now commingling with NXT, and you have some NXT people coming up, my God, you know, you got the B team being the C team and Sincata, sorry, odd man out. You know, I mean, no want to be filler. You know, yes, wrestle 15 years, push past my prime, but uh, me, me want bigger opportunity. Good, but I don't know why I sound like a Japanese Sinkara. <laughs> yeah, you sound like Mr. Fuji Sinkara. Yeah, it's, it's, I look. I never really liked the Sincata character all that much. I always wanted someone. You remember when that story where Freddie Blassie and Albano and the Grand Wizard stuffed toilet paper and Roddy Piper's fucking bagpipes when he first came oh, in in '79. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's a real story or not, but I've heard it. I've heard on shoot interviews. Yeah, I, I wish. I would have actually loved to watch a Sincata shoot interview if one day he jumped on that fucking thing and we had like some people in the WWE that the equivalent of shoving toilet paper and Roddy Piper's bagpipes that maybe they crazy glue the fucking leap thing this way when he goes to jump on and he falls flat on his face. <laughs> Seriously, I would have crazy glued it. Oh, God. Fuck him. He, 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 look, he, 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 he got a nice little push and like to quote Goodfellas, now it's gone and there's nothing that could be done about it. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They, I mean, they gave him the listen and that girl was not ready for prime time. I don't know what that was all about. That two week little stint with that 19 year old valet who was very subpar in the ring. I, I, I don't know what that was about. And uh, to, to give him, maybe because he was complaining, said, oh, we're going to give you a valet. They saw it on TV. That match last week kind of sucked. They're like, yeah, we're bringing her back down. They can give him somebody else. There's a bunch of other girls down there. I mean, why not put a Leah in a mask and uh, that girl Leah and give him a valet, give him some kind of uh, her as a valet. But why, but would, that, you, why would you waste that, her on him? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't waste her on him, but the Catalina girl was really not ready. It was almost as if someone won a competition and said, listen, you get to be on two weeks in a row. You could valet for Sin Cara. And I know someone here in the chat was actually saying he knows the girl and she's nice. I'm not saying she's not nice. I don't know. I don't know her. I'm just saying from what I saw, the perception is she was not ready for prime time at all. Had no business being uh, out there, you know, in my opinion. I, I, I got the Mighty Molly vibe from her. Um, I think Molly was a lot more. Well, Molly, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to compare to you, but look, she's only 19. God bless her. Oh, I, I mean, I she's got, got a, a a lot of years ahead of her. 
But yeah, I'm a little confused. It's like, okay, you know, we need mixed tag. Uh, we need, uh, we cannot put girlfriend with Umberto. We cannot put girlfriend with them, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I got it. Let's put Catalina with Sincata. And then we'll, yeah. we'll have Sincata lose a couple of weeks and then bye-bye Catalina. Back to NXT and Sincata left with nothing. And yeah. um, that's the problem when you decide you want to put Andrade and Zelina Vega in mixed tag matches. You certainly not going to have them go against Becky and Seth and come off on top so yeah. you gotta throw together like women with the men this isn't a mixed max mixed tag challenge that's true so i think <coughs> you know what i think zelina vega and andrade are gonna split soon you think they're gonna split i think they are gonna split i think zelina vega is they want her to showcase her ability a little bit more and they can't keep throwing them in mixed tag matches unless we start. Look, we still get these fucking no-name jobbers fighting established tag teams, which makes no sense to me. I mean, okay, Viking Raiders tonight, NXT UK guys, fine, whatever. But what are you going to do? Start bringing in jobber woman and jobber man to lose mixed tag matches? I just, I think they're going to split. Yeah, you think Andrade going to go... Uh, you think they'll split just in split in general or one's going to go babyface route and Zelina's going to be the heel? It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, Andrade, he's... You know, I I know this sounds kind of like fucked up, but when you don't really speak a, a, like a really good English on a, right. on a TV show, uh, you, you only go so far. And, you know, maybe... He speaks beautiful, fluent English, but the Andrade character, he doesn't. So look at Lana. I mean, Lana, she's trying, but the biggest problem with Lana right now is her accent is gone. Yeah, it kind of doesn't. She no, she, longer, sounds, she no longer sounds like the ravishing Russian. She sounds like a blonde actress. Isn't that amazing that in an accent, she had it, and in her, as herself, she doesn't. So in, in character, and a lot of people say that about actors when they like channel into a character, they have it. But then there's guys like, look, Austin can talk as himself or a Stone Cold. Pillman could talk as the ticking time bomb or be just Brian Pillman. But it's funny that some of these wrestlers have to be a character or they got nothing. And Lana is like that. She was dead in the water out there as herself. She was stumbling and mumbling all over the place. She was looking to the curtain at one point, like, when's Rusev coming out? I'm dying out here. I'm, but when she was the ravishing Russian, she was fine. You know she why? She stumble at all. You know why? Why? Because when she was the ravishing Russian, she talked almost in not broken English, but right. she only had to say two, three sentences. Rusev yeah. crush. So when you only talk broken English, you don't have to have two, three paragraphs being said. Right. Now, True. because the accent is gone and suddenly, you know, like she knows like every fucking word in the English language, almost Bob Backlandish, you know, she's like has to like talk for five minutes. And the ravishing Russian used to only talk two, three sentences. Rusev, a crush. Rusev. And now it's, you know, my husband's a sex addict. Uh, so now, you know, he's a sex addict. And, you know, but meanwhile, I'm banging Lashley. And Lashley, you know, I started banging him seven weeks ago. and But I'm nine weeks pregnant. So it's almost like, hey, kids, if I had $2 three weeks ago and I had $3 <laughs> a month ago, how much did I make between a month ago and three weeks ago? It's fucking 
horrible. And well, yeah, when, when she was she was stumbling when she was saying the seven week thing, and she said it's 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 uh, my seven week sex anniversary. That's right, seven weeks. So seven weeks ago, she kept saying it. I'm like, is she tripping herself up, or is she supposed to be repeating that? And I was just like, this is just dying. This is really dying. And I'm surprised they didn't edit it out, DT, and, and cut it down a little bit for TV. They're too stubborn, like you said yeah. before. They're too stubborn. They think that, you, see, this is the thing with Seth Rollins. As much as I defend him, and I really do defend him big time, I will say one thing, though. Um, his comment saying that, you know, there's only some small, loud, fickle fans out there. Uh, Manchester was fickle. Long Island was fickle. <laughs> Tennessee was fickle. California was fickle. When do you take a step back and say, mm, you know, um, maybe it's a little bit more than just being fickle? And exactly. you know what? Something like that, I understand, you know, what, what else can he say, honestly? But when he's talking to Corey Graves and he makes that remark, he just annoys people even more with that. Yeah. Because there's fans out there saying, why is it always an excuse that people are fickle, people are trolling, people are this? I mean, the uh, I saw that Ali did a, a really nice interview with a news station talking about how he's trying to crush the stereotypes and this, this, and that. And God bless him. But a majority of fans out there look at Ali as a talented fucking wrestler. They don't look at him saying, uh-oh, Indian." Indian. No, no, no. Shh, shh. He's Indian. You know, whatever he is. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know anybody that does that. And you get a little troll with 30 followers on Twitter that says, you know, trolling shit. And the guy writes a paragraph and, you know, is like, oh, I battle this and I come too far and blah, 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 blah. And then you get 50,000 likes and, you know, Ali, don't pay attention to him. And then until the next person, I'm telling you, I think a lot of people in WWE, they look for the trolls. They drool for the trolls. They do. You know, because because I always say this, even the other day, you know, AJ Styles got into a little spat online with someone because AJ Styles said Maranel is the best an announcer in the industry. And, right. you know, somebody brought up Jim Ross and I think AJ Styles was talking about currently. You know, yeah. but AJ Styles says, okay, you deserved it. And he starts going off on the guy. And the first thing I did was I looked at his profile, 29 followers. <laughs> Why do you even find, pay attention, ignore fucking people with that well, few followers? Well, DT, I don't know if you saw, I don't know if any of you guys in the chat saw about a night or two ago, Jim Ross got into it with some girl who had maybe 44 followers where she said enough of Jim Ross, like basically telling him to retire. And it was all about Mauro Ronaldo. He was the best. Jim Ross is is done. Blah, blah. And Jim felt, well, thank you for feeling that way. He got on. And then Blue Meanie came on overly defending Jim Ross. And it totally picked up steam. And someone's like, why are we propping this girl with 44 yeah, followers? It's, it's, and it was, it was crazy. It was nuts. I'm like, Jim Ross, really? You got offended by this girl? Dude. That she said Mauro Ronaldo is better than you? I was like, wow. Dude, 95% of the of the the blue check marks. I, I like calling them blue check. And by the way, yeah. everyone, I know some of the haters out there will never give me credit for this, but I think I deserve a little credit for this. The whole Saudi Arabia controversy, fiasco, dopey shit, I stood away from it, never said a word. The only thing I wrote online is, 
I think I wrote something like, here is the Saudi Arabia incident for dummies, like the cliff notes, blue check marks, inconvenienced. Family members in the United States thinking Saudi Arabia, Khashoggi, beheading. Oh my God, Carl Anderson, come home, come home. I can't sleep, I'm sick. Any family member would be concerned like that, sick to their stomach. But at the end of the day, all it was was blue check marks inconvenienced. They weren't held hostage. I invite anyone out there, please look at the interview that Rusev did with the Sun in the UK. Look at the interview that Corey Graves did, I think, with the same outlet. And AJ? St- yeah, AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. All it was was blue check marks inconvenienced. And then to cover it up, well, Vince McMahon left before everyone else. What is this fucking Uber plane? On your car. You don't just fucking do that. He's in the air. It's a plane. It ain't a cab. This isn't oh, like... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It's like... No, we, we don't leave anybody behind. Man, what was this? Top Gun? They're going to do like 180s and shit like that? I'm reading this stuff online and I hope people understand. Now, look, I have not... I've only used the term goofy once no. in the last week and it was about Master <laughs> P with House of Goof and it's right. look the whole promotion is great the wrestlers are great the people that work behind the scenes are great Master P is the only person right now that kind of annoys me a little bit and you know what Master P I, I know this is going to sound really really selfish and fucked up but shame mm-hmm. on fucking you for not going public and giving condolences to Matt Travis shame on yeah. fucking you your own fucking promotion oh TMZ comes along hey we want to sign a C M Punk, Vince McMahon, look out. But the fucking guy gets run over by a dump truck in a hit and run, and you fucking don't write anything online paying tribute to somebody who worked for the fucking company. You know, I, I, I say a lot of the things that people don't have the balls to say, and I'm not saying to give me credit. I'm fucking banned and toxic, and nobody fucking acknowledged my shit. I take that with a badge of honor. But it's but I invite everybody out there. Vince McMahon leaving on his jet. They do that in fucking Manchester. They do that in Saudi Arabia. They do that in California. They do that he's, in he's, New York. They did that. And, and he says, "See, he's not the chaperone of everybody. Of course, he can go ahead and leave. He doesn't have to stay." And, and the guys can get home on their own. They're all big boys. He's not the general manager, literally, oh. of the team. It's like he's Billy everybody. He's Billy Bean coaching. The motherfucker's got a private jet for 20 years that he fucking gets on. Seriously. Uh, Call traffic control. Turn back. Turn back. Go back. We can't leave him behind. Rambo Part 8. He's going to fucking go in there with a machine gun. I'm going to save everybody. It wasn't anything. All it was was blue check marks, inconvenience, couldn't come back home, had yep. to stay in a tarmac, unfortunately in a, com- in a country that they didn't have a golf course and a bar and a nightclub and a restaurant and fucking this, this and that. The telltale sign that they weren't being held hostage is they were allowed to tweet. Oh my Everyone, God. arrest him, throw him in jail, but let them have internet connection. <laughs> the fuck out. What are these people? Why are these people so brain dead? 
Oh my God! Oh my well, God! Well, DT, they said the, the people that were disgruntled were disgruntled already. The ones who were mad, I, the Joe, the Joe Hennings, the people like that who already are not listen, happy about the, the positions in the company, they're still mad. So I a, will not find any fault with Carl Anderson's wife, AJ Styles' wife, anybody for that lived them, because yeah. it's a country. That scares the shit out of you. I mean, look at North Korea with that guy, Otto Warmbier. When he first got arrested, I did a clip, and it's still on YouTube, where I left. And I'm like, what is this fucking guy? You go on vacation, you go there? You fucking, what are you, stupid? And the fucking guy died over it, and I felt terrible about it. But the yeah. thing is, is that you're going into a country where the money is great. You, you know, you, you're putting on a performance, you, you're trying to uh, entertain everything like that. But when you get inconvenienced and you hear these horror stories, you know, it's funny. People are like, well, you need to understand that Saudi Arabia, Khashoggi beheading. And I'm like, yeah, I want to see you motherfuckers speak up when they go to Mexico at the end of November. All right. Oh, didn't, yeah. didn't we just have a whole bunch of uh, people get beheaded, women and children set on fire from the United States, Americans getting killed? I don't see anybody in an uproar that WWE's going to Mexico. So the, so the people out there that got so triggered about Saudi, yep. but yep. got but has no issue with Mexico, that is selective outrage, and they get no respect from me. Yeah, because they're afraid to say anything against the drug cartel. They can say something against people in the Middle East, and they're going to see people. That's too close to home, the drug cartel, which invades you know places mm -hmm. like Texas and Arizona. It hits all borders. I mean, people out in the Middle East, when are you ever going to go see anybody from Saudi Arabia? You're never going to go there. You can trash talk all you want. Yeah. I mean, it's it's select trash talking. And also, DT, you're right. They made, like, you ever see Delta Force? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. <laughs> it was like Delta Force. Oh, like, shit. Some of the people go, Vince McMahon has the nerve to leave these people. The <laughs> same day that came out, the same day that came out, the first thing I said was, if you don't see it being reported by CNN, yes, Fox, Fox News, yeah. The White House making a statement, whether you like Trump or not. If the only people that are talking about it is I'm a, a wrestling virgin podcaster dot com. I don't care if it's one of the more established people out there. If you don't see CNN grabbing it from fucking PW goof. PW spyware and they, CNN's not covering it and MSNBC's not covering it, Fox News and fucking any other outlet out there, but a wrestling site does and you fucking buy into that. What's wrong with you? Yeah, it was very irresponsible. It was almost like to the to the point of, listen, it's not real. Leave it alone now. And they kept overcompensating by saying, no, no, no. Here's what happened. They actually were held against their will. Oh. No, they weren't. You have to sit in your seat because you're not allowed out on the tarmac. DT, you've been delayed in flights before, haven't you? Have, have, have uh, you no, been, because I really, I've only flown well, once yeah, since you don't, 2001. Well, you don't fly that much. But I'm yeah. sure a lot of people in the chat have been yeah. uh, held over somewhere. And you can't get out of you. Sometimes you are literally trapped. But it's not against your will. It's part of the it's blue check box inconvenience. Yeah, That's all exactly. it is. You know, for all of us out there that might have to stand in line at a DMV for three hours or you go to a doctor's office and you fucking have to wait two hours or, or yeah. with delayed or your hotel room, you know, accidentally got booked for someone else. And, you know, we all fucking deal with it over Everybody. for blue check box. My life is over. I don't know what I'm <laughs> to do. I'm fucking in it. I'm losing. I'm losing it. You're a fucking blue check mark. They're privileged. 
They're extremely privileged. So when they're inconvenienced and they're in a country that they don't want to be in, but the money was good, but now they got to stay an extra day. Oh my God, blah, 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 blah. Controversy held hostage, you know, against their will. And then people trying to go, the truth about Saudi Arabia. Motherfucker, you were not there. And no mainstream news site ever talked about it. How's about the truth about Saudi Arabia is you just wanted to be tweet fucked and you got caught. Things like Saudi Arabia exposes how many people out there that have zero sources. None. Zero. No. That's true. They're assumption sites. They guess. That's what that's they are. They're not, they're not reporters. I like, I like that assumption site. They're just assumption sites, you know? Oh, you know, Umberto Carrillo. Oh, he 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 lost here, and then he posts a video. Oh, his career, his 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 push is all but over. And then you know, a week later, <laughs> on TV, the fucking morons, man. I I can't fucking I can't stand any of them. They they just cringe, cringe, cringe. It is. They they almost forgot that it's it's a wrestling site that they think they're breaking news, like literally world. They're breaking, breaking wind. News. They're all breaking. They ain't breaking nothing but wind. That's all they do is break wind. OC attacked for the last peanuts. They didn't feed them on the plane for a day. They were killing each other. I mean, it just, it got really out of hand. And I think everybody dug their feet in, uh, even the more reputable sites. And no one wanted to backtrack. And they kept, they just wouldn't stop. And it was just like, listen, it's almost like when you lose a game. It's like, you lost. Walk away. And it's it. It's like when you lose a fight, you lost the fight. It's like, dude, you got your ass kicked. Just walk away. Shake his hand. It's done. No, 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 no. Let, let's start again. No, I'm, I'm of sound mind now. Let me fight again. You're like, no, it's over. And that's what they did. They dug their feet in DT and they kept going on and on about no, 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 no. Now, here's the thing. Some of the wrestlers were held against their will. Nobody was held against their yeah. will. Yeah. It's almost like when you're a kid and you get caught for lying by your parents and instead of, uh, look, you, you've been caught, you know, look, you did not, no, 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 but, but did, I did you, you this got, and that. You got me, you got me, you got yeah, me. Yeah, you just, it comes to a point you'd be like, yeah, I fucked up. All right, I'm wrong. And that's it. That's why I give Meltzer credit for apologizing to Seth Rollins. He had to, yeah. He had to, absolutely. Um, some injury updates for everybody out there. Uh, Lars, um, coming along, you know, some people are saying slower than he's experienced in the past. That's the line that everybody's going out there. You don't fucking know. Lars is going through some intense rehabilitation right now, and he still has a little while to go. But he is progressing, you know, there's no perfect recovery time. I mean, some people come back sooner than others. If you're John Cena, you come back a week later. Um, You know, it's just, it's the progression. And you don't want this guy to get right back on the shelf. Samoa Joe, they're hoping that he'll be back within a month from his injury. Uh, Xavier Woods, you know, because of the Achilles heel, um... He's going to be out until spring to the summer of next year. And you know, as we said two weeks ago, you know, uh, it looks like uh, they'll probably, you know, quietly give uh, Kofi a tag title to quiet, you know, what happened with him and Brock Lesnar. And it's exactly what happened last week. Yep. Um, Alexa Bliss still not cleared to perform. She's still got issues with the shoulder, even though they're yeah. keeping it very hush hush. Jeff Hardy, um, people are concerned because of the DWI stuff. Yeah. You know, the Usos have been off TV and uh, they will be back very, very soon. And um, as far as Cain Velasquez, you know, there was 
talk about him having issues with his knee. He was supposed to team up with Rey Mysterio for WWE's tour in Mexico the end of November, and he has been taken off of that card. I think Rey is teaming up with Umberto. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's going to team up with him. Yeah, well, again, uh, one guy, you know, off the card, another guy on the card, Umberto. There's room for him to get a push because the guys you just named that are out on the men, DT. That's why Umberto's getting this push, let's yeah. be honest. And, and yeah. you know what? Are you surprised who their tag team, who the tag team they're facing in Mexico? Who are they facing? You'd, you'd think they'd face like Ali and Ricochet, even though they're on separate brands or something. Well, they're, they're facing the OC. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. So, anyway, uh, we're about ten minutes away uh, from calling it. We're at sixty-five minutes right now. Um, did you hear about uh, WWE bringing back sort of Steve Austin's um, interview segment? Yeah, I was just. I was just going to bring that up. They announced. Uh, was it today? Uh, Austin's the Broken Skull Sessions. They're calling it now. Premieres on WWE Network uh, right after the Survivor Series on Sunday, November 24th at approximately 11 p.m. It's hosted and produced by Steve Austin. He's the producer as well as the host. And his first uh, guest that night is going to be uh, Noah Holds Barred shoot-style talk with Mark Calloway, The Undertaker. You remember about six, seven years ago, I said WWE's going to start domesticating The Undertaker, that they're going to yeah. start humanizing him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've done it little bits here and there. Wait till you see this uh, interview Austin does. I'm looking forward to it. I am. I'm looking I am for sure. I think this is going to lead to Undertaker being put in the Hall of Fame. Think so? Yeah. They have to humanize him a little bit more. But just a little well, bit you, more. Well, it started last year when Michelle got him on Instagram and she was controlling it. Then he started, you know, putting up pictures of him at the basketball game and with his daughter skiing and taking her roller skating, even though they'd X out the kid's face. But they, they started humanizing him as a father, you know, because they have a young daughter. I mean, she's got to be under 10, right? Their daughter, DT, she's a little kid. And uh, on vacation, they show Taker at different things. So when he got that Instagram account about a year ago, I think it started then. And now it's just uh, continued. As you know, he was at that, what, football game, a couple of that baseball game, mm-hmm. or was it a couple weeks ago? Yep. Um, he's always making appearances. He's talking to the guys on ESPN. So, yeah, they've been humanizing him a lot more. So I guess we'll see him, you're right, at the Hall of Fame as a regular person now, no more like Well, you know, I don't know if he'll you know? appear because he's, as long as he still could wrestle, you know, I don't know if he'll be sitting in the audience, but uh, this is good. I think Undertaker will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame within, within the next five years. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. He's going to be a major headliner. They're going to block off a whole uh, set time for him. Yeah, Chats, I don't know. It was college football, but he's appeared on a bunch of different sports. Anything Texas-based, he's been at. But, um, yeah, I'm looking. him and Austin are good friends. And listen, they're two like the old old uh, guys still around. Uh, they both kind of came up together when you think about it in mm-hmm. the mid to late 80s. So, And they're both Texas boys. They both get along really well. So I think it should be, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a shoot where Mark's going to talk stuff like, oh my God, I never heard that. But I think it'll be as candid as you can be because I think that's what Austin wants to do. But that's a great first guest. I mean, that should get a pretty big rating on the network. Yeah, it's, uh, and now this series is going to be monthly. So it's only once a month and they're pre-recorded so WWE can edit as much as they want. Yeah. They'll probably throw in little clips. They don't want another incident. DT, like with Dean Ambrose, he's going to challenge the Undertaker to be better. Yeah. You know, he's resting on your Undertaker. You're resting on your laurels. Yeah, that's not. Oh, my. I know. I was just joking. But that would be funny. 
for those who live in the Iowa area, if you're not aware of this and we're looking to go to the Raw taping on Tuesday, December 17th, that's been canceled. Uh, the reason why it was canceled is WWE decided to have a double Raw taping. So Monday, December 16th at the Wells Fargo Arena, they're actually going to start taping Raw, I think, at 5.45 in the evening. So they're going to tape uh, the the two weeks of the Christmas time. They're going to tape the two weeks of mm-hmm. Raw on Monday, December 16th. So you're going to get Monday, uh, December 16th live, but they're also going to tape the 23rd at that same event. So they're actually doors open at 4.15 in the afternoon. Wow. So, yeah, so you're going to tape uh, the following week's Raw. Just a reminder for our patrons, um, Thanksgiving Thursday and that Friday, we are going to be taking off, you know, for good reason. Thanksgiving and some other things that are going on, which I'm sure some of you have heard about. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, yeah, that, else? Fr- that, fr- that Friday, no show for anybody. Yeah, that Friday, no show for anybody. Yeah, no, I get, We're going yeah, to take work. Thanksgiving weekend off. So, cool. oh, my apologies, everyone. Um, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell everybody what happened with this one. Yesterday, I was halfway through recording blah, blah, blah. And um, for anybody that has Windows 10, you know that this week they had a major update. And I did not configure my computer so to have the updates only take place like in a certain time frame. So halfway through it, my fucking computer resets. And I'm like, Jesus, what the hell just happened? And sure enough, it says, uh, you know, stand by. Windows is performing updates. And because it was like a major Windows 10 update, my computer was updating for about 40 minutes. So it fucked the whole thing up. So I'm going to do last week's blah, blah, blah this week. Cool. So um, Jake Hager tweeted and deleted. I saw that. Yeah, Rusev got into it with a fan, another one with only 41 uh, followers. Unbelievable. Yeah, and um, was ripping him for the storyline, and Jake Hager actually got in the middle of the argument and tweeted to Rusev and said, leave her in that asshole company, and then Jake Hager deleted it. He tweeted and deleted. That's true. Did Rusev respond to that, or that was already gone? No, it was already gone by then. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yep. So, uh... I don't know anything else. <laughs> get your mind. No, I'm, I'm realizing that that we are. You know, when you have a lot of followers, you have no chance to get a response. That when you have uh, very few followers, you have much better fighting chance of getting celebrities to talk to you. It's yeah, it's it's it. You know what it is? It's because, and I believe this is the reason why. Because when you confront someone with thirty followers, right? What's I mean? What's the most Number of put it this way, of course, you're going to get other trolls that may join up with whoever troll it is with 30 followers. But when you confront someone, it's like walking down an alleyway and you're five or 10 or 50 people, and the other person is by themselves. Right. Like, you got no backup. So, when you confront someone that has only 30 followers, the, the person, he or she, has literally no backup. But it's the road safer. It's the road safer travel. Sure. Yeah. So if you have any of these people, if you have anybody, I don't want to single anybody out, but anybody that always responds to these people with small followers, picture them responding to someone who has five thousand followers, ten thousand followers. You know, they they have to. They're running the risk that you know those ten thousand followers might be real people, and they may all get behind the person that's going against. 
this Seth Rollins or this I never, person. Yeah, or that I never person. really. I've never thought of that. That's actually a good point because I would say the same thing. I'm like, and if they, they, the wrestlers stick to that narrative that just be a fan, you're not relevant, your opinion's not relevant. Then what are you spending time going back and forth yeah. with this person for? But you're right, DT. If they see. Like this guy's got a lot of things, and then other people might jump on my ass. Then I'm going to be in a, this then I'm started, have a problem. Yeah, yeah this started about two years ago, and and anyone out there? I mean, look, there are some wrestlers out there that actually will answer back someone that has a bigger following. Um, yeah. but you know, whenever you see a, a wrestler, especially a blue check mark, getting into it with a fan on social media, look at the fans' followers. And take note of how many of them have less than 100 followers. It's 90 to 95% of the time. You'll have two different people say the very same insult. One has 20 followers. The other one has 2,000. Guess who they're going to respond to? It's a good point. I didn't even think of it like that. I just I found it funny because the wrestlers were always saying how unimportant these uh, remarks were, but they seem to want to really go at it with these particular guys or girls. And uh, that's why I didn't think, you know, what's the point? But now you're making a pretty, because they get it out there. So people see, oh, look, he responded. He's, you know, look, he's not above talking to somebody. But I think it is selecting to you. You're right. They're kind of calculated. And now there's who they respond to. It's calculated. very calculated, yeah. very calculated. But, you know, look, see, the one thing people need to understand, someone may be, a very talented wrestler. And, and I'm giving props to everybody listening, including the haters of myself. Sure. You have wrestlers out there, the blue check marks. They're very talented in the ring. They're very good performers. They're good actresses. They bust their ass. They put their bodies on the line. They put their emotions on the line. They, ha- they have to have thick skin. I mean, they do all of that. That doesn't mean that they're street smart, and that doesn't mean that they have any more intelligence. Someone could be a wonderful wrestler and not have, can't go past third grade in school. You know, so just because you're a talented wrestler doesn't mean that you have the street smart. So a lot of us out there, everybody listening to, majority of you, you could pick up on this stuff. You could pick up that they're very selective as far as making sure they only go after the people with very few viewers, and they, they look for that stuff. When Tony Khan, you know, with that announcement with AEW in Florida, you know, Tony Khan, you know, he played good cop, bad cop. He played the fireman. He started the fire. He had a feeling that the fire would spread, so he was prepared that it, once the announcement was made, if he was ripped apart for being a bullshit announcement, he was going to post like, let's not you know, toy with the fans' emotions. Now we have to give them a real announcement, and what do you get? You get a majority of fans, oh... Oh, you care about us. You look out for us. A motherfucker was was behind the original announcement. But exactly. that's what happens. Everybody out there, he has got a lot of money and he is running a promotion. God bless him. Good for him. I want to see him kick ass. That doesn't mean that he's necessarily street smart like a lot of you out there. You could pick up on these little things. Definitely. So... Uh, with that said, um, shout out to our associate producers, Tyke Bowers, Aaron from Anaheim, Seth Washington, a metaphor, Isaac Fox. Isaac, I'm definitely going to get in touch with you regarding the poem. I want you to write up something for me. I'm going to tell you, you know, my ideas and, you know, I definitely trust you with that. G. Una, J. Gambino, Neil, Neil McLeod, Vic Condor, Garcia Kane, CM Black Pixels, Jacob Eston, Michael John Buchanan, Stell, Derek Brewer, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall. 
Brandon Foley, Chuck Lunch, Tony, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, John Krauser, John, good luck, my friend, Roger Rubio, Fatty316, Stan the Man Loudon, Don Tony's political advisor, D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defensa, Timothy Keel, Kane Shaw, Jeffrey Collins, James Mills, Cockboy, Jay Smoothie, Tom Baffa, Joseph Nicoluk, Nico Time, Michael Rhino, Paul Convoy, Adam Demoy, Billy Taylor, Hassan Hashmi, Brett Webster, Aaron Kloss, Out Nahia, Anthony Smith, James Grusin, Mark Israel, Bob O'Mac, Bob, happy birthday, CJ yes. Uihara, um, who else? Oh, Morell, happy birthday to him too. Yeah, forty-four. Yeah, yeah. and Bob's thirty-four. Even though uh, you look forty-four, Bob, I'm just joking. <laughs> CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers, Diogo Nobre, John Coffey, Andrew Nine One Four, Tim Everhart, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Murray Coombs Jr., Douglas McKay, Keith Lee. James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog No Good, Larry Trailer, Tommy Pikeshi, Zach Spoonamori, Chris Lumna, Rich Mahog, Julian LeBlanc, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Spider Lewin, Big Red, Brandon Rice, Rob McCabe, Michael Cormel, Daniel Warren, and Brian Byrne. Thank you, as always. They are associate producers. They, along with our other patrons, are the reason why this show is for free and the other shows as well. And uh, they just unwavering support and if you want to give our patreon page a chance patreon.com slash don tony you have a lot of exclusive shows there um and you know it's one we get a lot of people like hey you didn't mention this about smackdown we do a smackdown show live every friday just did it on friday yeah Yeah, i mean you have multiple shows there that are exclusive there so if you like what we do and you want a little bit more as little as five dollars get you everything. And starting January 1st, we're pretty much going to make the tiers a lot simpler this way. You know, I don't want anybody to feel like they get this show, but don't get this show, or they get this, but don't get that. You know, it's going to be, you know, one tier, everybody gets all the shows, VIP tier, advertisers, and whatnot. And starting next week, I'm going to be plugging a new website. I want everybody to go check it out. Trust me when I tell you, this is really cool shit. It's wrestling related. CanvasTheory.com. If you want a little sneak peek of what we're going to start plugging, CanvasTheory.com. Really, really, really hip, cool wrestling merchandise, hats, shirts, and it's not particular wrestling. Just go on the website and go look at it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm already putting it in order for for a hat or two. It's got some really cool shit. Um, Yeah, shout out to DJ Dells, Sneaker Mm -hmm. Addict. Uh, shout out to you, my friend. Glad you're enjoying. Uh, oh, your kids enjoying the toys. Great, great video with the kid. And I saw Dells put up the full video. I'm gonna check it out. Dells later. He has a full video of the kids playing with. Yeah, the I ball. haven't checked it out yet. I just did, I got so swamped at work today. I'm, I, it, I, women forgive me, but today, uh, let's say, let's just say that Don Tony was big time on the rag. So. Uh, SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. Raul Romo is on eBay if you're into pro wrestling cards. He's got packs, individual cards, some really, really cool shit. Your Best Bargains, LLC. He's got an Amazon and an eBay store, and Mike is family, so go check it out, everybody. You have Christ in the Toyverse, Bob O'Mac. Uh, gentleman I plugged earlier. He's the one that did the video intro for Wednesday Night Donomite. He's got a great podcast. You can find it under the name Undercover Capes. Rocked Reviews is a really cool podcast that focuses on rock music and they're uh, on Twitter and they're asking people, you know, to vote 
especially with through Patreon, as far as what albums that came out in 2019 that you want reviewed. You have Elman Shah's Displayed Store, and if anybody saw the update to my little room over here, I actually posted his artwork that I've been talking about every week. And uh, believe it or not, no bullshit. After I posted that picture, I actually have uh, my girlfriend's brother that saw the picture and someone else who actually want to pick that artwork up. So, uh, Elman, Jude, when you see uh, your account tomorrow, you're going to see an order from me. That's I'm buying something from my girl's uh, brother for Christmas. So, early Christmas gift. Texas Podcast Massacre. Great podcast focusing on horror films, mostly from yesteryear. A lot of, you know, pop culture icon films. and Yeah, I'll be going on there again soon, actually, in the next couple of weeks. All right, cool. And uh, Stell, for all you soccer fans out there, he's got an awesome podcast by fans, for fans. He's got a Patreon as well. He's got a lot of exclusive content on Patreon. You can find him on Twitter, at Shoot the Defense. And he's just a really gr- uh, great great guy and podcast i mean yeah. i don't know him personally but i talked to him a little here and there online and yeah, he's got a dude. yeah he's got a big following i mean just great soccer shit and um everybody don't forget thursday night 9 30 p.m eastern you have wrestling soup they have a patron as well i always say for wrestling stuff sign up for us sign up for soup there's so much content there's you, you won't even be able to listen to it all in a week Especially if you're employed and you have to go to school. That's true. And then we and we cover every, if you don't hear something on this show, you'll hear it on another show. We cover every show. Yeah. Everything that's going on in wrestling. Everything. Yeah. It's pro wrestling and not, and not pro wrestling. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Everything. Course, yeah. Everything. So, uh, and shout out to Mish and uh, Mish, I'll talk to you Thursday with Breakfast Soup. So, and uh, tomorrow night, Castle Chronicles, uh, I think 8.15 tomorrow night, right, DT? Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll post a little 30-minute countdown for everybody. Yeah, 8.15 tomorrow on the live chat, Castle Chronicles. So I'll catch everybody in the Patreon fam then. Yeah. Kev, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, buddy. Everybody, have a good night. Take Peace care. Out. All right. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Son of a bitches got a little bit extra today, but you know, it's not as easy to cram it all into 60 to 75 minutes. That's our goal. Today it was what, 83 minutes, 85 minutes. We're getting closer little by little, but you know, we definitely don't want to rush things either. But as long as we stay under 90 minutes, you know, it, it allows me to get this up pretty early and, you know, keeps things uh, a little bit fresh. Don't forget Wednesday. You got Wednesday Night Donomite. Have a lot of stuff to cover Wednesday. And I will talk about the uh, little interview that Tony Khan did after AEW's Full Gear pay-per-view. I have a few things to say about that. And enjoy the rest of the week, everyone. It's uh, here in the Northeast. We're supposed to get some interesting weather tomorrow. Some areas are getting snow. I think in my neck of the woods, it's going to be rain and um, that's pretty much it. So follow me on Twitter, at Don Tony D. People have asked me before, and I don't mention it enough. If you want to follow Kev on Twitter, it's at, at Kev Z Castle. If you, if you think of uh, of Zeus, Z, just think of Z Gangster, it's Z Castle. So, and you could obviously follow Soup on Twitter, at Wrestling Soup. And at Joe Numbers. And at John Drew. And all right, everybody. I'm out of here. Talk to you later. Be well. All the best. Ciao.
Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? The fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh you can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. Ctmobile.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. 